Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. What are the long box guys going to do tonight, Brain? The same thing the long box guys do every night, Pinky. Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Long Box Guys. With me, as always, are some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Josh, how you doing and what are you drinking? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm drinking a King Julius from, uh, from Treehouse. It's the... Big brother of my favorite beer, so it's a, it's a kind of a hefty brew, but it's delicious. Well, what's the what's the big brother too? Uh, just regular Julius, yeah. So regular it's, Julius. it's just a punch of orange IPA in the face, Ooh. and I love it. Mike, how you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing excellent, and unfortunately, because of work, I am drinking a Diet Dr Pepper. Oof. Yeah. Ah. LT, are we the only two drunk bastards here? What are you drinking? Well, I am drinking some old camp whiskey, and it's smooth because it tells me so on the bottle. <laughs> Stace, how about you? I, th- I see you got your Frankenstein mug. I'm guessing there's water in that? There's water in this, yes. You're the most hydrated person I know. I was super hydrated my trip in Vegas because uh, we were staying in a hotel that was only Pepsi. So I drink water like all day. I'm the only guy that comes back from Vegas more hydrated than when it went there, because every place is a Pepsi place. I hate Pepsi. Uh, but I'm drinking a Lemmy. Tommy, you know what a Lemmy is, of course? Uh, it's what you always drink when you're not drinking a Diet Coke or a very cheap whiskey. That's right. And a Lemmy is cheap whiskey and a Diet Coke together. Uh, named after, of course, the uh, our missing friend from, the, uh, from Motorhead. Okay. And it is delicious. is uh, just one shot of uh, delicious, delicious alcohol in there. And today we're talking about Deadshot. Deadshot, a member of the Suicide Squad that Mike is dying to talk about. This guy's backstory is about as dark as it gets. As a person with a really bleak backstory, I gotta say, this guy's got me beat. (laughs) Mikey, you want to give us a little bit of the backstory of our good friend Deadshot? Sure. Let's uh, start with one of the most ferocious assassins in the DC universe. That is Deadshot, a.k.a. Floyd Lawton. He first appeared in Batman number 59 back in 1950. And then, fuck it all. He was out of comics until the 1984 when he finally came back into comics uh, in Detective Comics number 474. This time a much better version of uh, the Deadshot character. Better Uh, costume, at least. (laughs) Yeah, so he was created by David Verne Reed as the writer, and the artist was Lou Sayer Schwartz. Bob Kane came up with the concept of Deadshot. His original costume was uh, Pitcher Mandrake the Magician having sex with the Lone Ranger, and... (laughs) You've got his costume. He is in a tuxedo with tails and a top hat and is wearing a domino mask and has six shooters on his side. 
I think it was supposed to be like a circus six shootery kind of dandy. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it, when yeah. you want to talk about the real Deadshot, you got to go back to, like I said, Detective 474, Steve Englehart, and Marshall uh, Roy are the ones who actually come up with the costume that it, everybody is familiar with, the super cool costume where he's got the mask with the the uh, monocle, monocle um, which is telescopic so he can see in real well. And he's got, instead of just a gun, he's got wrist guns uh, that also fire grappling hooks. He, he comes back as a much... Much of more of a badass than uh, in his first appearance, and but then he gets totally rewritten by John Ostrander and his late wife Kim Yale because they bring him into the Suicide Squad, and that is where the Deadshot character thrives. Uh, he was always a you know, like I said, he appeared in 1950, and then was gone from comics for 20-something years. And he only, he was a, a throwaway character, which is why Ostrander was able to get him. But Ostrander makes Deadshot into an awesome character. It, not only in the pages of Suicide Squad, but in a four-issue miniseries titled Deadshot. Uh, before we get into all of that, let's go over his superpowers. He ain't got none. Uh, all he is is a normal human who is good at hand-to-hand combat, not great at it, but good at it. He is a great tactician, and more importantly, he is one of the best marksmen. In fact, Deadshot never misses. Well, that's not true. He has missed Batman a few times, and the in his very first appearance back in 1950... Uh, he famously Tom, missed once. <laughs> yes. And do you know why he missed Tom? Do you know that fun Alex fact of why Deadshot missed Batman? That why first missed, de- encounter? Because he said, Martha. That's a great guess, but that is not <laughs> correct. Damn in, it. In his first appearance, way back in 1950, he appears as a superhero and is kind of like the anti-Batman. He's using a gun. He's he's capturing villains. And they even come up with the dead shot signal uh, that Commissioner Gordon uses because Batman's been injured and is out of commission. When Batman comes back, he's a jealous bitch and doesn't like the fact that, that Deadshot's getting attention. So he doesn't trust Deadshot, and he finds out that Deadshot is actually secretly involved with the criminal underworld and is capturing small-time villains to create a distraction from the larger crimes that are going on. So Batman fucks with Deadshot's gun. So when he goes to bring Deadshot in, Deadshot misses, and Deadshot is psychologically scarred by the fact that he missed Batman. (laughs) See, with enough preparation, Batman always wins. Yeah, because Batman cheated. But it becomes a thing that Deadshot then has a psychological barrier thinking why he doesn't understand why he can't shoot Batman. And it bothers him to no end to the point where the next time he's uh, got Batman in his crosshairs, he misses again because he's just psyched himself out. Batman, master of psychology. He got the yips. Yeah, totally did. Uh, So when he does come back in the 1980s uh, in that story, he is 
they continue it right off. He has just got out of jail, and he is looking for revenge on Batman. Uh, one of the greatest things about Deadshot is one of the times where he's hired, he's a he's a total mercenary, right? He If you give him money and he takes the contract, he's going to kill him. One of the ways Batman was able to stop Deadshot from killing his target was to freeze the bank account or steal all the money in the bad guy's bank account who was hiring Deadshot so he couldn't pay Deadshot. So Deadshot was like, oh, okay, the contract's null and void. You, you, the escrow account's uh, empty, so I'm not going to finish the contract. Um, well, there was one other time he missed, and that's uh, alluding back to his very tragic uh, backstory. The reason Deadshot uh, puts his life just to be the greatest shot of all time is because there was a big feud between his mother and his father. It seems like his father was a bastard. He had an older brother that he idolized, and he finally decided that he was going to do it. He was going to kill his father. He's up in his treehouse. He takes careful aim with his gun, and his brother jumps in the way, and he tragically cripples his brother, and Deadshot swore that he would never miss again. And he dedicated his life to becoming a better marksman because he crippled his brother Wayne. Wayne was Wayne. Actually, you you've got most of the story, but you've kind of uh, skewed it just a little bit. His brother and him both were hired by the mom to kill yeah. uh, kill the father because the father was an abusive bastard. But the brother is going to take the uh, take out the contract and. Floyd is going to shoot the gun out of his brother's hand. Uh, but the branch breaks. He accidentally kills his brother, and his brother's shot misses and paralyzes his father. So oh, I'm sorry. his father I'm sorry. ends up paralyzed. And one of the things that uh, Floyd does later to get revenge against his mother, who turns out to be a, a total bitch, is he paralyzes her so he she can live just like his miserable father because he hates them both the only person he ever cared about was his brother so okay so the mother has to hire her own son what kind of fucking family is this wait you never like, did I chores you didn't do chores as a kid you spoiled prick <laughs> Look, take up yeah the they garbage, get paid for clean them. the dishwasher and kill your father Hey, uh, it, this plays into Floyd Lawton's transactional nature of what, how he views the world. In fact, uh, they go into it in the Suicide Squad. He has a psychiatrist that he has to go and meet with constantly. And he has never been in love. And the only way he has sex with women is by prostitutes because he can understand the transactional nature. I give you money, you have sex with me, and then... You leave. He likes that kind of transactional nature. He can't understand anybody who doesn't have uh, that kind of programming. Well, he had a wife and kid. It just didn't work out. I mean, it's not like he didn't try the traditional method. Well, uh, you're talking about the reimagination by Christos Gage, friend of the podcast, who... uh, Gives him more of a humane backstory. I don't like that. I'm gonna, but go ahead and talk about that storyline, LT. So in that storyline, he had a wife and kid, but they 
you know, they were killed and it didn't work out. And that's when he went to the transactional paying for prostitutes. Well, I mean, Mike, if then, you really want to get down to that, I mean. Where... And then he finds out that one of the prostitutes <laughs> has a kid and he goes and takes care of the, his new family. But he doesn't really take care of his new family, and he it doesn't take care of him in the fa- in the sense like Rafi in the league would take care of somebody by just offing him. He he actually uh, he looks out for them. He looks out for them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, does anybody have a? Uh, I I should have gone over this also. Deadshot, in addition to being a member of Suicide Squad, has also been a member of Checkmate, uh, the Secret Society of Supervillains, and. Um, the Secret Six. Now, the Secret Six was a was a crazy, crazy uh, uh, comic book in itself. I, that, that was my favorite. Anyone else like the Secret Six? So you're talking about the second volume of the Secret Six, where Deadshot was a member, because there's been yeah. multiple versions of the Secret Six. You're talking about the one where spoiler Lex Luthor is yes. the madman behind it. So, what was that storyline about? Um. You know what? It's been a long time since I read it. I just remembered enjoying it. I really like the, the fact. One of my favorite parts of that one was all the Secret Six got captured and they were being tortured one by one. And you can hear the torture going on in the next room. And everyone was like, who's going to break first? And it became, became a thing between them, like no one was going to break. And finally, the torturer tied this one guy to a chair and didn't do anything for an hour. So they all thought that guy broke. <laughs> so when they put it back in the room, they're like, Hey, what the fuck, dude? He's like, I didn't break it, didn't touch me. You lying sack of shit. <laughs> uh, it was it was just a fun, fun comic book for me. It was like really like a, the the most anti buddy film ever. Like think of the Suicide Squad if they all actually fucking hated each other a little bit. <laughs> and that's what the Secret Six was like. And it was a lot of fun because of that reason. Like they were gonna turn each other at any moment. And the thing, and Lex Luthor didn't have like a a magic bullet ingested in everyone's brain. He told Deadshot that he had bombs planted in the neighborhood where his daughter lived, and he was just going to blow the whole fucking neighborhood to shit if he didn't do what he said, or he could do what he says and get like a million dollars or some, something like that. And he had that kind of thing over everybody. Is that about right, Mike? Yeah. There, he was in two, two different volumes of The Secret Six, uh, but there's multiple versions of it, but yeah, that, that's one of the storylines. And then he, he returns again in another volume of the secret six. Uh, so he's been in there a few times. Every time there's a person who's manipulating all of the characters in the comic. That's the the basic premise. It's kind of like saw, I guess. I don't know. I've never yeah. seen saw. I don't know. It's, it's, it's not a, like a sex thing. What? It's not. No, it's not sexy. Huh? <laughs> Stacy, do you have Why any? Does assume? <laughs> do you have any uh, favorite Deadshot stories? I I do, um, and I actually revisited it in in preparation for the show, um, and that was uh, Batman Cacophony, mm-hmm. um, and so that is a three issue series from two thousand nine, written by Kevin Smith, penciled by Walt. Flanagan, a.k.a. Fanboy. Um, And Deadshot is... uh, You think Deadshot's not going to make it through the first issue uh, because the main baddie, Onomatopoeia, 
um, one of my favorite words. Uh, he he uh, he shoots Deadshot in the head, and uh, Deadshot has gone to assassinate the Joker. Uh, Joker. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to ask a quick question. The bad sure. guy's name is Onomatopoeia? Bad yeah. guy's name is Onomatopoeia. When he shoots Deadshot, does he go, bang? He does. Oh, Every thank God. Every You've time you read this, have you tell? No, I haven't read oh this God. one. Oh, well, you should read it. It's fun, but yeah. So Deadshot gets. So I'm gonna spoil the shit out of it, but you should read it anyway. <laughs> I love the idea that there's a guy out there named Anamatopia who can say "bang" yeah. and shoots bullets. That's great. That's like my favorite new thing. Yeah, and at one point, like he runs out of bullets and he makes like a he had, pulls out a knife and he's like slash or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, slash so, bang. God yeah, damn it. yeah, I love this guy. 66. Yeah, so um yeah, so Deadshot, like I said, Onomatopoeia shoots him. Um he so Batman is like, "Oh no, Deadshot's dead." Gets into the ambulance. He wakes up. Uh and then um it turns out Deadshot's got some technology Kevlar and uh a uh one of those things called a squib so that you know, they, people think he's been shot, and it actually protects him. That comes into play later on because Batman steals the technology for his own cow. Um, on him on appeal later, uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting story. There's a lot of um, so Deadshot. He's he's mainly just a catalyst for the technology that Batman steals so that he can survive the fight. <laughs> on- <laughs> Um, but yeah, but it's, it's an interesting exploration into his uh, psyche around the Joker because at one point the Joker gets mortally wounded by Automatopia and Commissioner Gordon's like, just let him die, and he's like, I can't. Like, I, I, he's like, I've watched people die before. I can't do it, even when I probably should. Um, so it's 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 like I said, it's three issues. It's a really quick read. Onomatopoeia is awesome. Um, Explain to the, our listeners. I'm, I'm sure at least somebody out there doesn't know what onomatopoeia means. Okay, so onomatopoeia is uh, one of those words that it's a spelling bee word, or at least that's the first time I ever heard it. Um, but it's the description. Or it's the word. It's a word that describes a sound so like bang or smash or crash or you know, all those kind of words so if you watch the old batman tv show all of those sock and biff those those are onomatopoeia and uh, there's one and here's a fun alec fact there's one company that we all know of that's named after an onomatopoeia anyone know what it is There might be more than one. There's one that I know of that's kind of famous. Hey, I know a toy company that is. What's the toy company? Uh, Biff Bang Pow. All right, that's 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 also one. This one's more famous. Bing. I banged it. I banged it. Nope, nope. This is probably more famous than that already out of business. <laughs> uh, it's Kodak. Uh, Kodak is named after the sound that the uh, the shutter made. That's what they thought it sounded like when you took a picture. Uh, so they named the company that after the onomatopoeia of the 
that the, the shutter made. I'm sorry, that was very LT-like. I apologize. That was not a great story. <laughs> nobody has heard of Kodak. Is Kodak still in business? Yeah. Kodak's still in business, It is. It is. The battery's mostly now. Yeah. And they're, they actually have uh, a... Uh, they're into uh, developing technology for intellectual property rights by tracing the um, uh, yeah. It, it's a long story that I should not get into because it's boring. Josh, what's your favorite uh, Deadshot story? Don't have one. Fuck uh, you then. You should read the Suicide Squad, the first run by John Ostrander, and let me tell you why. Because in the first run, there is a senator who is about to reveal the existence of Task Force X. And Rick Flagg is decided he's going to go kill the senator so he does not reveal the existence of the Suicide Squad. And Amanda Waller tells them, go out and stop Rick Flagg any way you can. So while- Any way you can is important. Because all the other members of the Suicide Squad are out trying to capture Rick Flagg or kill Rick Flagg. Deadshot finds the senator and kills him. <laughs> and stop him first. Because that way Rick Flagg can't kill him. He said make sure Rick Flagg doesn't kill this guy, right? Missed accomplished. Which is why I never understood Deadshot 2. Electric Boogaloo. Damn it, Josh! <laughs> yeah, because in, in, in the Senate second the in the Senate. second movie, if that kid kills the headmaster of that or of uh, that school or institute or whatever it is, then he's going to become a major villain. So, uh, all right, why doesn't Deadshot just go kill that guy before the kid can? Yeah, well, Deadshot would have. Deadshot's yeah. a better uh, problem solver than Deadpool. I think we really need some "What would Deadshot do?" shirts made up. Yeah. He's very long. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the moral of the story, Tom. <laughs> that might be the backside of the shirt. Kill him. <laughs> Kill him. Uh, <laughs> Not bad, actually. So that's one of actually Deadshot's best quotes is maybe the only way to cure some people is with a bullet between the eyes. Nice. I like that. I'm and for it. He is viewed as having a death wish, but that is totally incorrect. He does not wish to die. He's just not afraid of dying. So he He's just not afraid to, when it happens. It's not like he's going out looking and suicidal or anything. I think he doesn't care if he dies. That's what I right. got. Like, yeah, he doesn't yeah. care if he dies more yeah. than he's not afraid of death. Like, I am not afraid of death. That's, you know, bravasso. He doesn't care if he lives or dies, which is different. Yes. So uh, I I like Ostrander's run of the Suicide Squad because I thought they captured him more as a person who was just dead inside as yeah. a character and understanding why he is like that. Um, in later versions, they make Deadshot more of a, oh, I'm a dad trying to take care of my daughter. Uh, and so he cares about his, his daughter, um, which... In the the Ostrander Deadshot would not. He just wouldn't understand why he should care about another human being. What's what's it for me? Yeah, yeah, that's the character they bring into the film. And even though they put Ostrander's name on the building, they uh, they don't use his version of Deadshot. No, the, the ver- his version of Deadshot is much more interesting. 
than subsequent versions. Even in the comics now, they've alluded to a romantic relationship between Deadshot and Harley Quinn. And that just doesn't work on many levels, specifically because Deadshot really is best when he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, at first I kind of thought he was a nihilist, but I'm like, a nihilist, he's not. He just, he just has no hope. It's not even that he has no hope. He just he just doesn't care. Yeah, it's, yeah. Th- this this is that. It's it's almost an A man kind of thing. Well, I know? mean, yeah. I mean, the transactional person, right? It's it's a non transaction. Death is a non transaction for him, right? Yeah. yeah. He once he was once being held from behind, and in order to kill the guy behind him, he shot himself and shot through his body to kill the guy behind him because yeah. he didn't care. He just wanted to kill the guy behind him. Yeah. Yeah. The contractor doesn't yeah. say that I live. The contractor says he dies. Yeah, his death is a non-transaction to him. Yeah. Yeah. There's no payment for living or dying. Yeah. There's only payment for accomplishing what you were paid to accomplish. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so with the, to, uh, over the next X number of weeks, we are going to be diving into the histories of the Suicide Squad members uh, in anticipation giddy anticipation of James Gunn's movie. So you're going to hear a lot of Suicide Squad coming up in the future. If there is a Suicide Squad member who you want to hear about, go ahead and shoot us a tweet at the Longbox Guys, or you can email us at luckybastard at theLongboxGuys.com. Or, LT, do you ever check that email? Of course I do. You lying sack of shit. You never check check that email. All the time. Or you can go over to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash the longbox guys, and where for a mere $1 a month, you can get an extra bonus podcast where we talk about all the other geeky stuff other than comics that we're doing. And we play a game called Dead or Alive. Which Stacy is awesome at. And we and we also found out that Tom is a is a fucking rain man when it comes to nineteen seventies sitcoms. That might be true. true. But all the money we get from that Patreon account goes to the where does it go, Tom? It goes to the Elizabeth Peabody House Food Bank, which feeds over seventy families every single weekend. Let me tell you, they certainly do appreciate it. Uh, just a fun fact, I'm going to share with you guys: we have over. 400 pounds of buffalo meat in our freezer right now at the Elizabeth Peabody House because Yosemite Park had a uh, surfeit of buffaloes roaming around. They had to do a big buffalo hunt because you cannot sell federal buffalo meat on the open market. It all went to food banks. So the food banks all around the country got a ton of buffalo meat. And I will make sure that we all get a little of that. <laughs> it's delicious. If you make hamburger helper with buffalo meat, it is a treat, my friends. We'll talk about but that, that was kind of tangential. Sorry about that. I'm going to get to a tangent in a second, but first I'm going to ask my good friend Mikey, what's in the front of the long box? At the front of the long box, we're doing a trivia contest to celebrate the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, excuse me. I mean Captain America and Winter Soldier. No, you, you mean like Captain America and the Wolf, whatever his name is. The White Wolf? The White Wolf, yeah. Fuck that Winter Soldier. He's not the Winter Soldier anymore. Gave that shit up. And Mikey, this contest is just so you can get rid of some of the stuff before you move. But okay. 
All right. So this trivia contest, uh, each of you will choose a category, and we will see if you can run that category. If you get the question wrong, it goes to the next person in line and so on and so on. Each correct answer is worth one point, and we are not keeping score. So, uh, Stacy, you're our returning champ for a game we've never played before. So uh, I will let you choose the category. It, it, just so you know, each question gets progressively harder. The first category is publication. Second category is sidekicks. Third is movies. Uh, fourth is other Captain Americas. And fifth is love interests. So, Stacy, which category would you like to choose? I like movies. Movies, all right. <laughs> Question number one In the MCU, what actor plays Captain America? What is the name of the actor who plays Captain America? Chris Evans. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. All right. Question number two, also for you, Stacy, because you're going to keep on going. What other Marvel superhero did Chris Evans play in a movie? He played the Human Torch. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Oh, you are just sweeping this category. Now, let's see if you can really answer a question. In the 1979 made-for-TV movie on CBS, who played Captain America? Oh, jeez. That's not even nice. Man, um, I don't know. Uh, over to you, LT, for a steal. Tom, stop typing. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like I'm going to know who that is. All right. Tom, over to oh, you. I wasn't typing that. Uh, oh, you want me to answer that? Yeah. No fucking clue. Josh? No idea. Big no. tall guy with a big jaw. His uh, name was... Blonde haired white guy. His name was Reb Brown. He played Captain America in two made-for-television movies back in two. 1979. Two bad oh, yeah. made-for-television movies. I do remember movies. him jumping a motorcycle out of the back of a van going down the highway. And that was pretty cool. That was that. pretty cool. Yeah. And he had the hang glider at the van. And the hang glider, yeah. And the shield was see-through, which so makes weird. a little bit of sense. Well, when he's got it on, mounted on the front of the motorcycle, it yeah. makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Wait, maybe here's another sense, but it was still a little weird. Here's a, a real weird trivia contest. I had a trivia question. I just had to look up. The Human Torch in another movie also plays another MCU character, a big one. Know who it is? Uh, is it Kill Grave? You got it. You got it. Come on. Come on, Kill. Killgrave, right? Killmonger. Killmonger. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were referring to. I didn't think you were referring to. Uh, I thought you were talking about Chris Evans. Still, I was like, wait, what? No, the other, the other Human Torch. The uh, other Human Torch in another yeah. Fantastic Four movie was oh, played by the same guy that played Killmonger oh, later on. Damn All right, man. cool. Uh, next category, Stacy, you, you're out now. You've uh, you're out. You're out. You can come back in, though, for stealing. You're out with two points, so that's not bad. That's not bad. LT, what category do you want? 
what was the categories again? Oh, Don't for fuck's sake. Time, motherfucker. Don't be that guy. Publications, sidekicks. Sidekicks. Uh, all right. There we go. Bucky Barnes, the first sidekick of Captain America, goes on to become what supervillain in the comic books? Winter Soldier. Ding, ding, yes. The LT's on the board with one point. After having Bucky Barnes tragically lost, Captain America, when he comes back to Marvel Comics, wants another sidekick. And he gets one who dresses up in a very weird way, like Bucky Barnes. His name is Rick Jones. Rick Jones was also pretty much a superhero whore sidekick because he would just sidekick around. Who name one of the two other superheroes he was the sidekick for? Marvel, Captain Marvel. You are correct. Hulk. Oh, look at LT! Holy moly, LT! Your your dick is getting larger and larger as we go along. Ah, good job, man. All right, finally, uh, question number three in the sidekick category. Are you going to sweep it? In Captain America number 66, back in the Golden Age, Bucky Barnes is injured. And Cap replaces Bucky with a girl named Betsy Ross. What was her superhero sidekick name? Liberty Bell? I'm sorry, what did you say? Liberty Bell? Oh, no, that's DC Comics. Nice try, though, and that was Libby Vance. All right, Tom for the steal. Ooh, uh, what the hell was her name? Um, Lady Liberty? Wow, that is also a good guess, but that is not correct. Josh for the steal. I can see her. I like Liberty Bell, too, Tommy. Stacy for the steal. Uh, Oh, no, no, that's not right. Um, One of the first female sidekicks in comic books. um, And a candy. (laughs) I said one of... Flag lady. What did you say? Flag lady. Flag lady. You are close. It was Golden Girl. Golden Girl. Okay. Really? Golden Girl? Really? Yep. Really? Yeah. Hey, better than Golden Girl. They just phoned that in, didn't they? They were just sitting around the office and they're like, you know, let's just phone this last one in. We'll call her Golden Girl. Let's have a drink, guys. Probably. That's that's how it always worked back then. Yeah, absolutely. After your third martini for lunch, you had to come up with something. <laughs> Tom, what category would you like? Uh, I guess I'd go with love interests. Love interests. All love right. Interest. Who in the comic books was Captain America's first love interest? First love interest. Appearing in Captain America number one. I'm hoping it's Agent Carter. <laughs> you can hope, but you're wrong. Oh, already eliminated. I'm out. All right. Josh for the steal. Yeah, no idea. Ah, Stacy for the steal. (laughs) 
I don't know. LT for the steal. Bolting girl. You are correct. <laughs> oh, it was geez. Betsy Ross. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, she was a, a nurse in the army and was Captain America's first love interest. All right, um, all right Josh, you're stuck with publications. Uh, well, no, no, we still we LT, LT keeps on going with the questions. category. All right, in the 1980s, Steve Englehart creates another love interest for Captain America. She is a law student. And a glass blower. What was her name? Aged 33? No, but that's not a bad guess. It's not close, but... <laughs> Tom, for the steal? I only know of one glass blower in the Marvel MCU. Alicia Masters? Uh, no, she's a sculptor. She's a sculptor, yeah, okay. Sculptor, yeah. Josh, for the steal? You didn't know that shit. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I did know that. That's the thing. She's Josh, I'll give you a hint, Josh. She's part of your tribe. Oh. Uh... Don't say Bucky Goldstein. Goldstein. <laughs> <laughs> Goldstein, girl. Perfect. I'm going. With, I, I'm stealing Stacy's answer and going with Goldstein girl. Oh, <laughs> nice try, Stacy. For the steal. Um. Glassy McGee. Oh, I'm close! Sure. It's Bernie Rosenthal. Uh, I thought you would have got it, Tom, because she was in that stupid comic with the uh, motorcycle group. Uh, what was it that we made fun of? Oh, um, Team America. Team America, yes. Yeah, she is. She is oh, yeah, Bernie. She shows up. Yeah. God damn it. All right. LT, it's back to you. No, you got it no, wrong. Yeah, no. Give Josh a fucking break. Well, no, we got, I got a, another category. That's all right. So, Tom, I'm going to go back to you. For this last one, uh, for You're a lot of interest. We got one, one last one in this category. Okay. All right. So, LT, you got the last one right. So, I'm going to go back to you for love yeah. interest. What is the name of Steve Rogers' love interest who, in the comic books, killed him at the end of Civil War? Civil War? The end of Civil War? It was during Ed Brubaker's amazing run on Captain America. Bucky Barnes ends up taking over as Captain America after this. I don't, I don't remember this. Just um, take a guess at a love interest and you'll probably be right. You're wrong on the number. God, it's <laughs> close though, isn't it? It's 30 something. It's 35. Tom, I'm gonna go with Natasha Romanoff for no reason. Yeah, oh, no, it's you're wrong. Agent, but I can't remember the exact Josh. Uh, well, clearly it's Agent something or other, and there's a number involved, and 33 is close, but not it. 
Uh, it might be 35, Josh. I'm not accepting. I want the name of the person, not the code name. Uh, I don't know. I'll just go with the MCU averse and say Sharon Carter. You are correct. Ding, 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 ding. Josh with a steal. It was Sharon Carter. Nicely done. All right. So, Josh, would you like publication or uh, do you want publication? Yeah. You, you, do not want, you do not want the other Captain Americas. All right, so Josh, Captain America makes his first appearance in what comic book? Uh. Back in the Golden Age. I'll give you a hint on the cover. He's punching Hitler. Yeah. And Hitler deserved it. I'm going to go out on a limb with that one. I can't remember the title. Uh, Captain, America? Captain America, what issue? Captain America number one? Yes, it's Captain America Comics number one. You are correct. Right. You get another point. Yes. Okay. All right. And Captain America, that was published by Timely Comics. However, Captain America doesn't make his first appearance in Marvel Comics until the Silver Age. What was the name of the first comic, Marvel comic, that Captain America appears in, Josh? Captain America? Which number? You're wrong anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Stacy, Captain America's return to the Silver Age of Comics. What issue or what comic and what issue? Uh, I'll just give it to you if you get the comic right. Um, the Avengers? Yes, the Avengers number four for Stacy for the Steel. Mm-hmm. In the 1950s. Oh, no. Captain America. Comics. Wait, he, wasn't in the, he wasn't in the Invaders before that? Nope. The Invaders came around yeah. after that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Avengers number four, Submariner throws a tamper tantrum for the a bunch of Inuits worshiping Steve Rogers, and he tosses him and un- ends up unfreezing him. Then the Avengers end up finding him. It's a, it's the Silver Age. It's crazy. But speaking of crazy, 1950s Captain America commie smasher. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, appears. What was the company that published Captain America Commie Smasher? It was in between, sandwiched in between Timely and Marvel Comics. I know this one. Do you, boy? I think so. Could be wrong. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. My mind's blank. LT for the steal? Atlas. Atlas Comics. LT gets it. Ah, yes. And now the next uh, questions, they're worth 100 points each. Um, I'm going to tell you the name of the character who took over as Captain America. You tell me what 
their superhero or their supervillain name was. Uh, the first one was William Naisland, who, after Captain America goes into the water and freezes, the American government comes to him and asks him to take over as Captain America. It does not end well for William Naisland. First appearing in an issue of The Invaders, he was a parody of sorts or an homage, I guess, to the Freedom Fighter's Uncle Sam. Can anybody tell me what his superhero name was? I'm going with Uncle Slam, even though it was really just an alias of mine when I was wrestling. Because I had a wrestling <laughs> I love that about you. That's a good guess, but nope. <laughs> Disappointing. Can't remember. I can see it. I can see the costume. He it's ugly. Wore a tri uh, tricorn hat. Yeah, it, I can totally see him. Um, so, oh, Spirit of 76. Yeah, 76. Doodle? No. Tom got it right. It is the Spirit of 76. Yeah. I remember the tricorder hat. Thank you. He was, uh, he was replaced after he, uh, afterwards by a gentleman named Jeffrey Mace, who uh, was an original Golden Age Timely Comics character. Uh, what was the name of this? Uh, this patriotic superhero. Captain Patriot. I'm going to give it to you, Josh. His name was the Patriot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. And last. Deciphering Michael's inferences for a dollar. Uh, The last uh, one, William Burnside, also known as Captain America, commie smasher. Um, went by the name The Grand Director when he became a supervillain. But he had a sidekick named Jack. What superhero did Jack go on to become? Please don't say Jack of Hearts. <laughs> what, was it Steeplejack? No. <laughs> Jack Monroe. All right, Jack. I know you own one of his comics, Tom. Me, Tom, or him, Tom? You, Tom. You, Tom. (laughs) Because it dealt with animal cruelty. Oh, my God, Nomad. Yes, you are correct, Nomad. (laughs) I know the comic book you're talking about, one of the few comic books that deals directly with animal cruelty, Nomad and the Highway of Roadkill. So, little fun Alex fact for all our listeners out there. Ed Brubaker was a huge Captain America fan. And he, when uh, he grew up, he was a uh, military brat, just like Bucky Barnes was. So, he loved Bucky Barnes. But Bucky was never going to come back until he decided to create the Winter Soldier and pitch the idea. And he hated the fact that Jack Monroe had been... Bucky Barnes, so one of the first people he has the Winter Soldier kill is Nomad <laughs> Jack Monroe. Excellent. Hey man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box. Comics talk for comics fans. What do you got in the back of the long box there, Tommy? Alright, uh, I have a comic called Orphans. It is a story of uh, 
the Earth has been attacked by an alien planet uh, that has devastated the, the Earth. And so the military has taken all of these orphans from this attack and trained them from little children so that they can basically get revenge on the Earth and attack these aliens. And it's a it's a pretty interesting story from uh, Roberto Recchioni, Emiliano Mamacurari um, from Magnetic Press. It's a European comic. It's some really great art, um, an interesting sort of story. Um, it's kind of slow going, so it takes a while. You're going to have to, you know, bear with it, but it's a kind of a different concept. Um, but it's, it's a pretty good comic. If you like sci-fi and military stuff. Sounds like a pretty good comic, Tommy. Yeah. Who did that again? You just want to hear me butcher these names again. Roberto no, Recchioni? The... Oh, you it's a Magnetic of... Press. Magnetic Press. I don't think I've heard of them before. They are, have they done a bunch of other good ones? Anything else? Good? Um, like I said, it's a it's a European company, so um, right, that's why I'm it, You can buy it digitally in Comixology, but be careful because there's also a French version. So make sure you're you're choosing the the English language version. Oh, thank you, Stacey. Get a get a toy there for me. I do. Show me a um, toy. So. A uh, company called Super 7 does uh, this line called Reaction. And Reaction is basically in the style of, like, Kenner Star Wars figures. So five points of articulation, not super detailed sculpts, but detailed enough. Um, and they do a lot of nostalgic licenses. So... Um, they've done things like Transformers. Um, they've done a lot of different movies. Um, but they recently did one of my favorite toy lines as a kid, and that is Jem, uh, Jem and the Holograms. Wow. So here's Jem. Well, she's truly, she's truly, truly outrageous. Really. And then they made Pizzazz from the Misfits. Oh, my God, Pizzazz. What a prick. Wow. Yeah. Their songs are better. They are the mist. Um, yeah, so super, super fun. I hope they do at least a couple more characters from each of the bands, but uh, I don't know if they have plans to do that. Nope. You know, I actually saw a pizzazz figure this very weekend, believe it or not. I was in uh, Vegas, and I went to a, uh, a little shop called The Toy Box, which is uh, the... Um, if you ever watch the uh, show Pawn Stars, that's where the guys that uh, they want, if they need uh, something authenticated, that's the place that they go. And the toy box is actually really, really well stocked with uh, some great toys. I kept thinking to myself, oh, Stacy would love this. They had a lot of original Ghostbusters and the real Ghostbusters and the Ghostbusters stuff, like, all together so you can see the different, all three different lines. It was It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself there, but I, the entire time I was thinking to myself, God damn, I wish Stacy was here to help me figure out what shit is. And my <laughs> wife is obsessed with the fact that GoBots are, are better than Transformers. And I finally came to the realization, like, they, they were just for a different age, and I should let it go. <laughs> Stacey, you're kind of looking around like, yeah, 
If you're five, if, if when the if, when the GoBots hit, if you were five to like nine, they probably were a better toy. So that's fine. Well, and then they also predate Transformers, at least yeah. state. So. But at some points, when you were just getting to that, that transitional phase and you saw Transformers for the first time, you're like, this fucking GoBot is just a matchbox with a face. I have been yeah. fucking swindled. I don't believe I fell for the this And then you got jammed. You were like, I'm going to transform this fucking Porsche into a whole fucking articulated guy. And you were so mad about spending your goddamn allowance on GoBots. And you're like, like good day, GoBots. Tell their sir. Yeah. yeah, I can't say a bad thing about GoBots or Transformers. I love both. There's room I, for both on my robot shelf. But my, my only thing with GoBots always was, why is there a canoe guy? <laughs> like, he can't go anywhere unless there's a stream. <laughs> and they can't even go fast because no one's rowing him. Well, there's just... a submarine. Well, what there's was that? GoBot. There's a GoBot that's a submarine. Yeah, but the submarine's going under its own power. This is a canoe. The canoe can just jump in the water and wait. A submarine, if it jumps into a lake, it's still a submarine. It can go all over the lake. If a canoe robot jumps in the lake, it's just sitting in the goddamn lake. Was there a paddle GoBot? No! It was a canoe! There was no way for even him to go anywhere. No, no, no. If it was a moving stream, I suppose it could like follow the Maybe, stream. Maybe, yeah. That yeah. won't bot, or it might go bot. I might go bot. I'm not going shit bot because this is a pot. <laughs> Sorry, that was tangential. Josh, you got a quick tangent for us? Do I? Yeah, I just had one, and now the go bot thing threw me for a freaking loop. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that was our tangent. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's probably tangential enough, honestly. At the end of the day, it's enough. It's, it's good enough. enough. Good it's enough. enough. We've had enough. All right. Pancakes versus waffles. Go. Wait, what? What? Pancakes be the waffles. Most delicious. Now, there's, 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 there are different things for different times. It's not it's not the same. You can't, you can't compare delicious. pancakes and waffles. Why not? It's the same goddamn thing. No, they're not the same goddamn no. thing. A waffle takes a fucking waffle machine. If you don't have a waffle machine, you don't have a fucking choice, Tom. You don't have a goddamn choice. Uh, as a guy who's there made different pancakes strokes. and waffles, I can tell you, I can put pancake mix in a waffle maker and make waffles. Yeah, but you can't put waffle mix on a griddle and get a fucking waffle. Now sit down. They're not Space. the same. You can't and communicate both them. delicious. <laughs> Shut up, diabetes. <laughs> Stacy, you got something to add to the waffle? <laughs> oh, I was just agreeing with Josh that you yeah. can't, you can make a pancake anywhere, but you you have to have special tools to make a waffle. Yeah, emphatically, emphatically, Tom, leave it. Let me just say this: I love. No. My, oh come on. Okay, go ahead. What? I'm sorry. I, I love my waffle maker because I love putting. Uh, has anyone made potato top waffles? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, is that good? You just put potato tots in your waffle maker, and boom, you got a potato waffle. And then you put eggs and uh, anything else you want on top of that shit, and it is delicious. That's fair. Yep. And I guess that'll do it for us, except for plugs. The big plug this week, of course, is Pentagon's coming up. Uh, everyone else is a little bit busy this year, so I'm going to be going down to Pentagon by myself. 
uh, and uh, just tearing it up. I'll be doing six panels, and uh, it's going to be rocking and rolling. And uh, we're really looking forward to it, actually. It's in May. It's uh, the 21st, I believe, or the 20... 21st. Yeah, the 21st and the 24th, and we're going to have a hell of a good time. Trust me on this game. I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out at kirbycracklemusic.com. I would also like to plug the big Y. For those of you who are in New England, uh, I highly recommend if you need a place to go grocery shopping, you, if there's a big Y in your area, go check them out. The reason I say this is because I have a family member who works there and is a veteran who is suffering from PTSD. He had a relapse and needed to take some time off, and the big Y said no problem. They gave him the time off that he needed. If you know anybody who is in crisis uh, that's a veteran, you can call the Veteran Crisis Line, which is 1-800-273-8255. And that is not just for veterans in crisis. It's also for family members of veterans in crisis. So they will put you in contact with who you need to talk to. Well, that's a terrific ad, and of course, uh, I, I love the Big Y as a kid, so I'm glad the Big Y is still doing good stuff out there. Family-owned, family-run, and I'm glad they're still out there doing stuff. Anyone else uh, get something to plug? I'd like to plug GeekOrthodox.com. 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 Hello, Tammy. GeekOrthodox.com, purveyor of fine t-shirts and other geeky things such as stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, socks, baseball shirts, baseball hats, you name it, they got it. GeekOrthodox.com. And uh, their new Vax to the Future shirt is totally cool. Yeah. Stacey, anything to plug, buddy? How about your own podcast? You got to love them. Yeah. I haven't done any fairly recently. I think we have one coming up. I think we have another game night coming up or Bracket Madness coming up about uh, retro action TV shows. Um, so that you can find that at theretronetwork.com whenever we decide to record it. And I would also like to thank our new listeners on our new platform, Verbal. Uh, so if you are just finding us through that uh, platform, welcome to the long box, guys. We've got a shit ton of episodes. If you're interested in listening to any of them, if you uh, want to hear all of our back episodes, including uh, those folks who are listening on Apple Play or Spotify or anywhere else, Stitcher, we're on every place. You can go over to podbean.com because that's where all our library is hosted. And I'd, play, let's... I'd also like to plug downwindkites.com. It's getting to be nice weather out. It's time to go fly a kite. Remember, if you're dealing with our good friend Mark Rogers, you want to be downwind. Downwind kites. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Somebody just outbidded me on Justice League of America number one. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, let's also plug real quick our Petska, our uh, Patreon page. Uh, did we already do that? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty drunk. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. 
How about our Twitter account? You can go to the Logmark guys at Twitter. And uh, we were talking a little bit about pro wrestling this week. And let me also uh, put on Beyond Wrestling, Uncharted Territory, coming up this Wednesday. Uh, so after this podcast plays, I'll be this Thursday, I'll be going to a wrestling show that's live, socially distanced, in Worcester, Massachusetts, seeing two of my favorite wrestlers, pretty and proper, the proper gentleman and the proper Lady Frost. Um, and they'll be wrestling, and I really like these guys. And also Solo Darling and a couple other great wrestlers. If you haven't been to a live event in a while and start to get open up a little bit, take a look out there. Support the arts, guys. Summer of Love! Everything that moves. <laughs> and Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? It's like Drunk History, but for comics. And Josh, your house still for a little bit? Or the yes. rest of the world yet? Still my sector. Tommy. Sweet, sweet Tommy. Any words? This podcast is like a second shot to the arm. <laughs> it makes you feel good, and sooner or later, you'll get better. It stinks. Sweet, sweet stinks. Anything to say? What do you got? You uh, Pour man. some sugar in my bowl, Stace. Come on. Yeah, so uh, today marks 35 years to the day since Dollywood opened. And Dolly so Parton is a saint. <laughs> and uh, I was fortunate enough to get the Moderna shot, and I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan. Um, and I am looking forward to being fully vaccinated uh, in a few days at this point. Uh, so that I can hopefully this summer revisit Dollywood, which is a second home to me as a kid during the summer. Uh, Dolly Parton used to have an act, uh, a show at Dollywood called the Confederate Stampede. And one person said, you know, that's not really, uh, you know, tolerant. This is about 10 years ago. And she goes, oh, you know what? That's probably right. I'll change that. to just Stampede. There's no big controversy. No big thing. She found out that some people were kind of hurt by the fact that it had the Confederacy, and she, and she thought about it for a second. He goes, oh, you're probably right. I'll just change that to Stampede. No fuss, no muss, no proselytizing, no anything. She goes, oh, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We'll just call it Stampede. Same Dolly. She knows what's right. God damn it. And don't forget what I always say. Don't just what you hate. Just promote what you love. You live longer. Thank you so much for the long guys. Yeah.